I'd like to read, if you have your Bibles and would like to read along, it will be in 2 Corinthians. Of course, Paul being the writer here of this letter to the church at Corinth, they had many, many problems. He was trying to help them to work through it. He didn't mince his words. He was very direct in what he told them, as well we should be. But this is of a more personal nature that he was relaying to them in the 12th chapter. And I'll begin reading with the 7th verse. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations that were given to me, a thorn in the flesh. The messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that I might de- that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. That's reading down through the 10th verse of 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. If I were to put a title to this this morning, it would be, When I am weak, what then? Paul was given a thorn in the flesh, and we don't know what that was. It was something that was causing him a great deal of grief and trouble. And it was something that uh, made a way for Satan to come in and to uh, beat up on him somewhat. And he wanted uh, to be free of it. He wanted to be able, he thought to serve the Lord better without this problem that he had. And he uh, said that he asked the Lord three times. I've asked the Lord more than three times of things that I wanted to be relieved of. Have you ever been in a storm when, Lord, uh, could you please just stop the waves so that I can have peace? Have you ever been in a situation in your life where you asked the Lord to uh, bring you out of it? Have you ever prayed, Lord, help me through it? The Lord refused him. He says, my grace is sufficient for thee. So Paul said, therefore, uh, I glory in my infirmities. I I glory in my reproaches. I, I glory in these things. So because through these things, I can have a closer walk with the Lord. Now, All men have times of weakness. I know that I have. There's been times in my life that I have struggled. There's been times in my life uh, that it did not seem that it could get any darker. Bill Jenkins, my father-in-law, he was a, a member here most all of his life. 
He said one day, he says, I'm so, I'm so low I could sling my legs off of a cigarette paper. Now, that's putting it in terms that I think we can understand if you've ever seen a cigarette paper. He meant by that he was low. I've had times uh, like that. David had times like that. Elijah had times uh, like that. And even John the Baptist had times like that. When he was in prison waiting to be uh, decapitated, he was saying, is this the one that we were looking for or should we look for another? Now, Paul said, when I am weak, then am I strong. That, to, to the world, that would make no sense whatsoever. They wouldn't understand that concept. When I am weak, then am I strong. Now, I have found in my own life, trying to preach, uh, I can uh, uh, prepare Somewhat, maybe not as much as I probably should have, and maybe not prayed hardly as much as I probably should have, and and, and uh, that that's my fault, and I acknowledge that. But I, I'd get up to preach, and and I, I just didn't really have the help, and I struggle some. Sometimes I struggle more, but I have found the times on Saturday night or Sunday morning. When I'm just pouring my heart out to God, when I feel so hopeless and, and feel so weak, and I'm crying out to God, Lord, I can't do this without you. I can't get up there. I don't want to get up there without you. And I'll tell you one thing. If I got up here four times in a row without the help of God, I believe I'd quit. I don't want to try it without God. I, maybe some can, but I can't. I've got to help the help of God to do it. Uh, but when I am weak, I have found that I, I, I tend to, I know that I trust the Lord more and I seek the Lord's help more. And then I have help. So, uh, there's a false statement. I, I, I may have made the statement before. I, I've heard it all my life. That God will put more on you than you can handle. I'm here to tell you He will. I'm here to tell you that God many times will put more on you than you can stand. God will allow more to happen to you than you can handle yourself. And that's what He was trying to show here uh, with Paul. And that's what He was showing us through the life of the Apostle Paul. God will put more on you that you can handle. There was a, a king, Jehoshaphat, Second Chronicles of the 20th chapter. He was a good king. He had been, he was king there for about 25 years. One of the better kings of Judah. And there were three groups of people that had gathered themselves together to destroy them. Jehoshaphat says, we're going to declare a fast and we're all going to come together and we're all going to pray. And it said, they brought their wives and their children. Everybody come to Jerusalem. They needed help from God. And, and 
that he used in his prayer was, Lord, I don't know about this great company and neither do I know what to do. God had presented him with far more than he could handle. And he will do that for you as well. Don't be boastful that you can handle anything that everything is thrown at you. You better not because uh, you might just get it. And there have been times in my life where I could use the same words and I have used the same words as Jehoshaphat did. I don't know, Lord, about this company that is before me. And I don't know what to do. We were over there in Hawaii. and It was the Thursday before Easter that year. And we were down to four dollars and thirty something cents. This was like going through the after going through the couches. I mean, it was checking it all out. And Marissa and I sat there on the bed, and we cried. Then I went out and tried to find some help, or tried to find. I see, I'd never been in that position before in my life, and I had no idea what it felt like. But I tell you one thing: it's a very uh, bleak situation when you can't uh, have more than four dollars in you in your pocket. You know what I did? You know what I did in that time of weakness? I called upon the Lord. What else was there? And sometimes the Lord will pull the rug right up from under you. He's just waiting for you to call upon Him to seek His face. As the psalmist said, I cried unto the Lord in my distress and He heard me. That's what He wants from us. He wants us to lean upon Him. And it says in the Psalms of Solomon, it talks about the woman there leaning upon her beloved. He wants us to lean hard. He don't want us to get so proud of things and so sad in things and so in any kind of way that we don't think that we need Him. And that's what he was afraid of with Paul and all the revelations that he saw. He was afraid he was going to get too big for his britches. And brothers and sisters, sometimes we get too big for our britches. And Marisa and I prayed. And I tried to get a job everywhere that was honest and something that I could do I called a roofing company. I'd never done it, but I thought surely I can, I can carry shingles around. God said, what are you doing tomorrow? I says, nothing. He says, well, you meet me at a certain place at 7 o'clock and I'll give you a job. We started at 7 that morning and we worked till 7 that night. We didn't even stop for anything. One of the hardest days of work I'd ever done, carrying shingles up a, a ladder. I got in the car and drove off. You know the man flagged me down. I'd never met him before that morning. 
He came running. He says, you did a good job today. He says, I don't know how long it's been uh, since you uh, uh, had a job. But here's a $100 bill. Oh, I rejoiced all the way home. I've had thousands since that didn't mean nothing to me as much as that $100 bill. Because I knew that I had uh, hit the bottom. I knew that I was as weak as I could possibly get. I knew that I was on the bottom. And the only way to, to get up out of the bottom was to call upon the Lord. And, and He heard me and He helped me. And oh, I was so proud to take that home to Marisa. $100 bill. We didn't get that low again. You know, there's a novel. I think it begins in the statement, the best of times and the worst of times. And I tell you what, brothers and sisters, that was one of the worst times of my life at the time. But I rejoiced over that day, time and time and time again. I tell you what, the worst of times in your life when you call upon the Lord, they're going to be your best ones. I'd like to read Romans. and I, This is a comment that someone else made. I heard it the other night. But the, the verse is, it's many people's favorite, Romans 8. 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. And you're wondering, if all things work together for good, if all things are good, uh, then, then maybe I don't love the Lord. Maybe I'm not where I need to be if something bad is happening in my life. This illustration that I heard the other night, this was not my thought. We bake with flour. It's not good to eat by itself. I've never tried it, but I've got it in my mouth while trying to make something and getting it all over the kitchen. Olivia and I have tried some baking over the past few months. You can just imagine what the kitchen must look like when we're finished. But I've never tried to just eat flour. I don't know if I could just eat flour. That's all I hate. Baking powder. We know that that wouldn't be any good. Sugar. Well, it's good in something, but it's not good by itself. I've tried that. Salt. Shortening. And maybe some of you older people like buttermilk. Maybe you young people do too. I don't. I tolerate it. I could say it. I don't. None of that seems appealing. That's the ingredients of Hardy's biscuits. And I don't know if a grandma anywhere can make biscuits any better than Hardy's restaurant can. Hard to drive by there in the morning. Everything in your life is not going to be good. Everything in your life is not going to be easy. Everything in your life is not going to be a bed of roses. There are many things in your life 
uh, that you wish you could be out of. There are many things in your life that you wish you could get rid of. There are many times in your life that you wish you could just get past them and get to another time. There was an Eastern proverb. There was a farmer that had a son. They had a stallion. I, I, I remember my grandfather having a horse. That's all he ever had to work with. He's a farmer. Grandpa Watson never did have much of anything. Without that horse, I don't know how he could have survived. This father and this son had this horse and it's a stallion. It's a fine horse. And the horse ran away. Neighbor comes said, Oh, what terrible luck you had. Your, your stallion is left. What are you going to do? He says, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Well, a few days the stallion came back with several mares. They got them in the corral. Same neighbor come by and says, Friend, what wonderful, what wonderful luck you had. You had one stay and never you got many mares. He said, maybe, maybe not. His son was trying to break one of those wild mares and he fell off and broke his leg. Neighbor come by and said, friend, what terrible luck you all are having. Your son breaking his leg. He says, maybe, maybe not. Well, there was a war going on and soldiers came by and going to get his son, going to carry him off to war. And he couldn't go because he had a broken leg. And neighbor said, what wonderful luck you're having. Your son's not going out to war. The farmer said, maybe, maybe not. You know what? We, we judge, and I, I, I tend to, and I, I shouldn't, judge every bit in our life as uh, something is good or something is bad. Oh, Lord, why are you doing this to me? Why am I having to go through this right now? Why am I involved in this right now? That... Verse in Romans 8.28 is saying all things work together uh, for the good of those that love the Lord, but it doesn't say all of those things are good and all of those things are pleasant and all of those things are lovely. can't judge any event in your life as that's your life. Because I've had many events in my life and I would not want to judge them by any one event. I've had some very good highs and I've had some very lows. Judging neighbors. That's what that man was. He was a judging neighbor. Don't you know we've got them still? There was a, a, a 
a young man uh, in John's Gospel that was blind and had been blind from his birth. You know what they said? Same thing people say today when something's going wrong with somebody. What did they do? What have they been into? What horrible thing have they been doing for the Lord to come down on them like that? That's what they asked Jesus. What Did this uh, man sin or did his parents sin? Well, what's, what's wrong? Why is he blind? Our Lord said, neither did that man sin or his parents sin, but it was that God may be manifest through him. And so it is with Paul. He was beaten. He was whipped. He was shipwrecked twice over and over again things in his life. And and, And God told him and let him know that you've got to go to Rome Why? Because you still got to suffer. Brothers and sisters, this life is not easy. And our Lord never one time insinuated that if we follow Him, that our life was going to be easy. If your life is too easy, maybe you're not in the fray. If the devil is not about you or working on you, then maybe you're doing nothing for the Lord. But I tell you one thing, when you had to do something for the Lord and you're focused mind, soul, and body upon that and you're intent on doing that, I tell you one thing, Satan's going to get in the middle of it. He's going to start working on you. He's going to start trying to do everything in the world he can to stop you. And that's what he was doing with Paul. That thorn in the flesh gave Satan an avenue that he could start flinging his arrows. At Paul and causing him problems. Now, that looked like a judge to you. I'm not. I shouldn't be. Don't judge someone else. Because your judgment is worthless as mine is as well. Mark Twain, sorry for the quote. He says, A man that takes hold of the tail of the bull learns seven to eight things that other men never know. Until you've taken hold of the tail of a bull, you don't know what a man is going through that has. And until you've been in the fray of uh, helping, uh, doing the will of God, unless you've laid both hands on that gospel plow, you don't know what that man is dealing with or what's going on with him. Maybe the man that is judging has nothing whatsoever that Satan would even remotely consider buffeting him with. Maybe just where Satan wants him to be. And that's scary too.
Struggling is not a sign of weakness. Understand that. And people judge other people and see them struggling, thinking that they are weak when they themselves have never had to fight off anything hardly or never been through hardly anything in their life. And it amazes me sometimes, and I'm not talking about anyone here, it amazes me sometimes the 70 and 80 year old people that have never had any pain, a tragic happen in their life, never been through a lot of trials in their life. It amazes me how much like children they are. And you can find someone that's 30, 35, uh, that's been through the fire, uh, that's been through the flood, uh, that's been through all of those things already in their life. It amazes me sometimes how mature they are. It's not a matter of the age that you've been here upon the earth is how old you are as a Christian. But struggling's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. You need to understand that when you see someone that is engaged in serving God that is struggling. That is a sign of strength. You know what the lesser man did? He quit. He quit. So when you are weak, then what do you do? You stay there and you seek the Lord. You call upon His name. You you work it out with Him. You lean on Him. Or you quit. I think people misunderstand what courage is. I hate to be quoting all these other people because there's a whole lot of things they said that was not to be quoted. But John Wayne said something one time that, that struck me. He says, Courage is not a person without fear. Courage is not... That's not courage at all, is it? If you have no fear at all, that's not courage. That's just acting out something. He says courage, and I agree with him. That's why I'm quoting it. Courage is when you are scared to death, when you are frightened beyond belief, and you get on your horse anyway. That is courage. And you think, well, I'm not courageous. I can't do anything for the Lord. But because I am fearful and afraid, I tell you what, you are going to be fearful and afraid, but you've got to do it anyway. I was here the first night of the revival and your dear pastor preached. He's had a hard year. He's had a hard year. Still having it. Difficult. And he shared some of those feelings that he had had. Very deep personal feelings that he had had. And it touched me. 
It touched me. I've been in times of trouble as well. But I had the luxury of not pastoring at the time. I had the luxury of doing it in private. I had the luxury of being at home. I had the luxury of very few people knowing about it other than my dear wife and now she's gone. And no one knows the depths of it but what she knew. But your good pastor has had to do it in public. You have no idea how much that I admire that and how much that I appreciate that what he is trying to do. It is as a Paul was, I believe, that God may be manifest through him. Now, you don't have a quitter. You don't have a quitter. I don't like people that quit. And I don't like it when I quit. Paul says, when I am weak, then I'm a strong. When I am weak, he's saying, I call upon the Lord. Psalmist said, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and you heard me. I've been in shapes in my life that all I could do was call upon the Lord. I had no other options in my life. The Lord let me know that... I don't want to bore you with my stories. The Lord let me know in a way that it was time for us to come back home. And I wanted to be sure. And it was in the fall of the year. And we had, we had went through all of this. And Maurice had sold all of her things in the house. And, and we were down to just slip on the floor for nine months. And when we were over there, we didn't have anything. We had a Fisher Price table for, for kids. And that's what we ate off of. I'm not complaining. We're glad they did it. But I thought if I'm going to ask my family to do this, I want to be sure when the Lord lets me know to come back home. And I struggled with it for a few months there. And uh, back in earlier in the, in the year, they have a thing over there in Hawaii they did at that time. That's been 30-something years ago. That during the Christmas holidays, uh, they did a thing where uh, people of the islands could uh, come over here to the mainland and, and fly back at half price. Half price what just the normal fare would be to to go back home for us. Normal fare would it would cost us like thirty five hundred dollars and like that is probably close to fifteen. And it was on down after Thanksgiving and I finally realized this is what the Lord wants us to do. Lord, we don't have the money. We we, we don't have the money to get back over there. What are we gonna do? So I called those airlines. I called American. And I said, uh, what about this uh, this deal that you had where uh, 
You can buy tickets to go over there from Hawaii. The special. Oh, we've been through with that for months. It's over. There's no seats left. I said, will you check? Yeah, I'll check. There's no seats left. I called another airline. Same thing. I called United. And I asked the lady. She told me the same thing. I said, would you please look? Just look. One more time. And I said, what I'm looking for is five tickets on December the 22nd. And we need them all together. It's a big plane. That's what those of you in Hawaii, you know that big planes that fly over there, they don't waste a little plane crossing the ocean. We need them together because we've got a, a little boy with us and it'll be easier. She said, well, sir, I am certain there are not five tickets available for the whole season. I know that there would not be five tickets available that day and I know they would not be together. I said, would you just please check? The next words I heard was, my God. I says, lady, I don't know if he's your God or not, but I know he's mine. What would you find? She, she said there were five tickets available only on December the 22nd. And I tell you what, they were all together. I says, I'll take them. Write me up. <laughs> I just rejoiced. What seemed impossible? I've been through situations in my life for reasons I have. What seemed impossible? And it was. It was more than I knew what to do with. It was harder than anything that I could get past. But the Lord helped me. And that's what I'm talking about here. That's why He didn't want Paul. He was asking a whole lot of Paul. He was to preach the Gospel to the Gentiles. He was asking a lot of suffering for Paul. And he wanted Paul to be in the right shape to be able to do that. Brother Simpson, he wants us in the right shape too. And I tell you what, on that Tuesday afternoon, when everything looks good, when everything looks rosy, and everything looks fine in your life, and you get that phone call, and lets you know that something has happened one of your loved ones, or something as bad has happened around you or among you, and then you're going to want to call upon the Lord. You're going to seek Him. Oh, we were uh, here in Lafayette one Sunday when our kids were smaller and the little step up over there where the little kitchen's at down there now, that's where we usually sat on the front row, some or the second row right there, whatever's available when we got there late, which was a lot of times. Uh, Patrick, our oldest son, he was about 12 and he started having a seizure over there on the end of that bench. Never had one before. And I stood up and I stopped service. And brother was preaching. I said, somebody help us. You know the first thing I thought? There's nobody here to help us. There's nobody but the Lord can help us now. Well, a deacon helped us get him in his car. And he's still having a seizure. And I was holding him there in the front seat. You know what I started doing on the way to the hospital? Well, what would you do? First thing you're going to do, you're going to call upon the 
Lord. When I am weak, then I'm a strong. When I am weak at the very lowest point, then I can call upon the Lord and He'll hear me and He'll help me. And then I find power that is beyond me. I find power that I do not have within myself. I find power with God. Paul said, having done all to having done all to stand. That's exhausting all of our energies. That's exhausting everything that we have. Everything. Having done all to stand. What does he mean? After you've tried everything in the world to be able to stand, the Lord will let you stand. After you get past yourself, and we have to, we have to get past ourselves. When we let pride go, when we let self go, when we uh, let go thinking that we can handle everything in our life and realize we can't, that's when the Lord takes over. I'm just about finished. There was a, a man during the Civil War. He got shot. I think he was on the... Uh, Uh, northern side doesn't matter he got shot he was dying he got shot here somewhere it obviously there was no hope for him he grabbed the guy by the coat and brought him near he says I want you to tell my family one thing I want you to tell them one thing he says what he says, you tell my wife and my children that I died facing my enemy. That I did not get shot in the back. That I was not a coward. That I stood and I fought. That was the most important thing that they understand. Hey, brothers and sisters, I want to die here facing my enemy. And the only way that I can do that is if I put my all my faith and all of my hope and all of my trust and everything that I have in the Lord. That the works of God should be manifest in me. That they would say, not what a great man He is, but what a great God He has. That's what I would hope for. And that's what I would wish. That I could be invisible to men. That they could see my God. That they could see His strength. They could see His power. They could see His might. Not by power of men. Not by strength of men. But by my Spirit, saith the Lord. Well, I think I'm finished.
Appreciate your good attention. Did we have a song, brother? Damn. Okay, sorry.